Hi there, Celeste here, and welcome to I Support That, a podcast for anyone who's tired of running the race that is their everyday lives, for people who just need to regroup, rethink, and figure out what the heck they're going to do next. All right, guys, I am coming to you with a story time today of the crazy bills um, that I received in the mail from the reproductive endocrinologist. So we're going to hop right into that after I open my beverage. So um, I'm going to try something new. Uh, let's see. I went to World Market and found these Monin Floral Collection Gourmet Flavor little syrups. And I thought that while the flavors did sound fun, I thought that they would be a little too crazy to put in coffee. Well, some of them, the lavender coffee would probably be really good and the rose would be good. Um, but it's violet, lavender, rose, hibiscus, and elderflower. So what I'm going to do is I have some seltzer water, just plain seltzer. And I am going to actually try some of the syrup in the seltzer. So this is either going to go really good or this is going to be a disaster. Not sure which, but we'll find out together. So I think I will go ahead and try the, let's go ahead and try the hibiscus. It has a really pretty magenta color. So I think we'll do that. I'm not doing dry January. Um, I have started drinking alcohol again. Ooh, these are really pretty glass bottles. Um, and they're really small kind of syrup. So it's 50 milliliters. But I'm not doing dry January. But I would think that this would be really good for anybody who is doing dry January. Let's see. Oh, and they come with... A cool little card inside that has cocktail and just little recipes so all right let me open this one up and pour a little bit in there I don't want to put too much now let me try it and see how that tastes Okay, I need a little bit more because I don't taste anything. Okay, so now my seltzer water is this very pretty kind of rose petal color because I just put a little bit of the hibiscus in there. So it's like this really pretty purpley pink color. <clears throat> and that's actually really good. Very refreshing. So... And it has a little bit of tartness to it. It's not too sweet. It almost tastes like a Smarty. I like that. So for those of you guys who remember the candy Smarties, um, that's really good. Oh, yeah. I definitely recommend if you guys have a world market near you, go into world market. Uh, I There was one, two, three, four, uh, a set of five. And they were... Like I said, uh, 50 milliliters, 1.69 fluid ounces, and I want to say there were 9.99, so just under 10 bucks. So definitely worth it. I got the 
coffee flavors as well. And I was able to use the Irish cream in my coffee this morning, which was delicious. So yeah, definitely try it. All right. So let's go ahead and get into it. Oh my gosh. And I don't know if you guys hear that knocking, but I have like my neighbors are doing something crazy. So that's beyond my control. Sorry. Okay. So went to the reproductive endocrinologist and ended up with a huge bill. Not going to say the name of the reproductive endocrinologist for several reasons. I'm still in a dispute with them. Um, hopefully they will, uh, well, not necessarily dispute, but I still need them to change some coding and get the information to the lab so my insurance company can reprocess the claim. So here is some things, or here are some things that I've learned that is that I have found very just frustrating. And if I sound flustered, I am. It has just been a crazy day, and I'm kind of I'm over the amount of stress that has gone into this experience thus far. And I'm at the beginning. So I know that a lot of people, you know, do this by themselves. And this is kind of what you sign up for, you know, single mom by choice, you're making a decision to go into this alone. And um, I really, the I won't get off, I won't get off subject. But the more, the more I am in these groups on Facebook. And the more I am kind of surrounded in this world, the more I just do not like that term. And I, you know, even in my first, uh, my first podcast about the single mom by choice lifestyle, the kind of hierarchy of the momdoms that seem to be in the mom kingdom. And it just it's so mean girl. And I, I don't want to subscribe to it because it doesn't make you better than someone or, or less than someone if you've conceived, you know, one way or another. And I don't like the idea that people want to distance themselves from an, from an idea or distance themselves from a class or a social economic standpoint, because they don't want to be associated with the people that just fell into that, you know, um, that really bothers me. So I'm, um, I haven't really, I'm, those are still some thoughts kind of wrestling in my head. I haven't really, you know, made anything kind of concrete, because if I'm being completely honest, I'm guilty of it too. Um, especially as a black woman, you know, um, not necessarily because I want to distance myself from black women that are single moms, because at the end of the day, that birth certificate is, is blank. Doesn't matter. You know, no one's going to ask you your story and you're going to be really insecure if you feel the need to tell everyone your story. Uh, so that's going to be an issue. But I think more or less, just because of my, you know, quote unquote morals, you know, because I, you know, the way that I'm doing this is, you know, 
to go about this so that I can morally sleep sound at night. And who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody's going to ask me how the kid got here. If I want to tell them, yeah, but nobody's going to ask. You know, again, that's personal and private information. So I think, you know, I have to kind of check that too. If I'm doing it just so I can say, hey, look, this makes me feel better that I didn't fornicate and I feel like I'm getting my, um, like I'm still abiding by my religious beliefs. Great. But at the end of the day, the world doesn't care. And don't do something or don't feel like you're a rung on the ladder up from somebody else because of the way that you brought a kid into this world or because it cost you $20,000 or $50,000 and somebody else would just cost them a one night stand. Like you're not any better. It's, it's not a, it's not a, you're better, you're not better type thing where again, single mom is a single mom is a single mom. At the end of the day, you're doing this together or you're doing this by yourself. You might have a better village. You might be better equipped, but it's kind of the same thing, you know? So don't work so hard to distance yourself from that is kind of the thought process that I'm slowly coming around to. Um, so it's, it's a journey. <laughs> it's definitely a journey, but that's where I'm at right now on that journey. And, you know, that felt right to say, so I'm going to let that sit with me for a little bit and we'll see, you know, in a couple months from now, how those thoughts have evolved anyway. Um, so went to this reproductive endocrinologist had my IVF evaluation. And uh, the first thing they did was take me off of my birth control. Great. Okay. Um, wanted to run some lab work. Okay. Awesome. Wanted to see where my ovarian reserve was at. Okay. We've had those tests before. Routine labs, nothing out of the ordinary. Let's do this. Well, then they wanted me to come back and in a week to see uh, what my uh, what my you know reserves were looking like then you know what they could see uh, what the lining of my uterus was looking like just see how anything has changed now that I would have been off the birth control for a week so okay great no problem so went back in a week uh, the doctor was not in. So I met with somebody else in the office who did not have a nice bedside manner. <laughs> and I think that you have to be really careful what you say to people, depending on what type of field you're in. Like, obviously, if you work in an IVF clinic, most people that are coming in are probably trying to conceive, you know, uh, or wanting to freeze eggs, but something, you know, there, there's some sort of fertility going on or infertility or trying to preserve fertility happening, right? So that is very touchy. 
you're dealing with a lot of hormones because some people are off birth control, on birth control, and various stages of all kinds of the medicine that they put you on. So women are sensitive, you know, humans in, in general are sensitive, depending on what you're what you got them hopped up, hopped up on, you know, and some people are just sensitive by nature. So when you have that kind of storm, you would think that people would be a little bit kinder. This individual was not prepared for my appointment at all. You know, uh, the first question out of their mouth was, I don't know why I'm seeing you. Didn't you just meet with the doctor last week? Yeah, I did. So having to explain to them what they're supposed to be looking for was not the way that I wanted to start the appointment, but nevertheless, I did. And it was apparent throughout the appointment that this person did not read my chart because they kept saying, you and your partner, well, you guys, you know, you have to decide what you want to do what's the best route for you. And, you know, like very, you, you know, you and your partner, you guys, and I kind of had to finally say, hey, I'm doing this by myself. I would be doing this with donor sperm. Um, And I finally spoke up when she suggested uh, that I might want to look into, well, she was going to send me a price point for donor eggs. And when I told her, hey, I'm not really interested in donor eggs, she said, well, you might want to consider, you might want to think about and pray about if this is right for you. Because donor eggs might be a really good option. So if that's not something you're even willing to consider, you might want to think about and pray about if this, if this is something that you even want to do. And that's when I kind of had to like hold the phone, number one. Now, again, I'm a Christian, but that doesn't mean everybody else is a Christian. Who like, who are you to tell people to pray about something? That's not, that's not okay. You can't just go pushing, you know, hey, you might need to pray about it. And then second off, I, I don't know many people who as a, you know, who just because they have a low ovarian reserve are just going to automatically jump at donor eggs without even trying a cycle of IVF. You know, um, most individuals that I have been in contact with, that I've seen online, are at least going to try, especially at my age, are at least going to try a cycle of IVF. So that's kind of one of those, like, you didn't read my file. This would essentially be like a 50, you know, or $35,000 adoption. You understand this, right? And so I had to kind of clap back at her and let her know, like, hey, a low ovarian reserve doesn't mean that, that I'm not going to be able to respond at all to treatment. We won't know unless we try. Is that correct? And yeah, okay, well, can I have the price of trying, please? And thank you. And 
this would be donor sperm. So I don't like that. That would essentially be an, an adoption. And I'm not willing to pay 30 something thousand dollars for an adoption. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So um, I'm not going to quote the rest of what I said, but it was along those lines of, hey, girl, like, I'm not one of those women who just has to be pregnant, you know? Um, in fact, if I, God's honest truth, if I could afford a surrogate, like, I would totally go the surrogate route. You know, I'm not one of those people who just want to feel the miracle of life inside them. No, I do want biological children. I do want to adopt children, but I don't have a desire to, you know, I've never wanted to, to just be pregnant. That's not something that I've, that I want. Um, but that's the way you have a baby, especially when you're broke, you know, you you, get, well, I'm not going to say broke, but especially when you're, you're not, you know, balling like that. So those are my options. So then I get a call from a genetic testing company a couple weeks later that they have my results from a genetic screening that my clinic ordered. Much to my surprise, I'll tell you, much to my surprise. So apparently a genetic screening was ordered, which would not have bothered me if I was told about this genetic screening that was going to be ordered. And this was ordered to see what I was a carrier of. Well, I already had the same genetic screening done for more, um, for more conditions than what this particular doctor ordered. So when I called and asked like what, hey, what's going on with this? I was told, hey, we'll give you a call back. Okay, great. The doctor called me back and I was gaslit. I was told, you know, they were just so excited for me. It's fine. Just pay the money and it'll go away. Um, You know, how come I didn't say I had the screening done? And I'm like, hey, it was everybody's fault, but their fault. The, the lady at the lab should have told me. I mean, crazy stuff. And so finally, they looked at my intake paperwork and it was like, well, if you didn't fill this out, then we, you know, technically we could have tested for all of this stuff. And I think my saving grace was on the intake paperwork, it asked you like, hey, like what kind of genetic stuff do you agree to be tested for? Like normal stuff when you go to these clinics. And one of the questions was like sickle cell, sickle cell anemia. And I said, I do not consent to be tested for sickle cell anemia. And that was one of the tests that they ran. So, you know, trying to explain to the doctor that, hey, um, like I, I'm a black woman. Do you think that I've made it this long in life without being te- tested for sickle cell anemia? No, I have been tested, which is why I don't want to be tested because I know that I don't have it. I don't need to be tested again. I Like that's just not necessary. So the, they finally agreed to um, pay the cost of the, the testing and which is crazy because I, I had my, my previous physician 
send or my norm, my regular physician OB send over where I had that genetic screening done and the results of that test. But you know, whatever. Uh, then the genetic testing facility calls me and said, because I put in a dispute with them as well. And they just said that they were going to waive the fee because my name was in their system where I had this test 13 months ago and um, they were just going to waive it. So I don't believe the doctor's office really even had to pay it, which was good for them. But thank you for being able, you know, for finally taking responsibility after you tried to just tell me to pay it. And then gaslight me saying it was your fault because you were just so excited for me. And, you know, you just wanted my journey to, to get jump started. And I mean, it was ridiculous. So um, I just had to say, yeah, you're right. It is your fault. Um, then all of the lab work that was ordered, in addition to that test, came back as non-covered from my insurance because there were no diagnosis codes to support why it was ordered. So then I had to call. I left a message. I was hung up on. I left another message, was not called back. I left another message, was transferred to some random person who did not call me back, and then finally got to the right person. Uh, but it, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, one lady I talked to before I was hung up on tried to tell me that diagnosis codes, and for all of you guys um, who do not know, the diagnosis codes come from the physician. They tried to tell me the diagnosis codes come from the lab. I had to talk to the lab, and I told them that's not how it works. It comes from the physician. The lab doesn't know why the doctor wants this work done. The doctor knows why the doctor wants the work done. So once again, people tried to tell you, hey, you know, this is what's happening. And you have to advocate for yourself and tell them, no, this is, that's not how it works. I know how it works. If there's an issue, the physician needs to fix it. Or maybe you can talk to an MA and see what they can do. But somebody on behalf of the doctor's office needs to call the lab and give them corrected diagnosis codes, which we're up to ICD-10 now, so the lab can rerun this claim and hopefully get paid. So that's where I'm at. Uh, the last I called to check, it was not done. And so this $750 lab bill is still kind of standing, you know, hanging over my head. I am not going to pay it because it is routine lab work that I know my insurance will cover as long as the diagnosis codes are, uh, are supporting why the physician wanted the work. I mean, there's like a vitamin D on there, you know, like they'll, they'll cover that. I'm vitamin D deficient. So it is and has been just a pain and very stressful. So I'm trying to give them a couple weeks to call and work it out with the lab and, you know, trying to be respectful of the physician's time and make sure that, you know, he has other patients, he has other things to do. But, um, you know, I, I fully intend to follow up this week and see if something was done. And, you know, I don't want to be, uh, you know, a, a too big of a squeaky wheel, but I definitely am 
going to have to get some sort of oil because I don't want to go to collections and I definitely, you know, I want to get the lab paid for the work that they, that they did perform. So I just can't pay 700 and something bucks when I know that that's not what's going to be owed. So that is what's going on. That is the nightmare. Uh, needless to say, I, you know, once I move forward now, now the office did give me some good things to consider. I just, I think it's just all the drama surrounding everything else. And if you feel like people are, if you feel like there's this kind of this much bad mixed in with the good or this much dismay mixed in with the little nuggets of, of good that you get or the little flecks of, of sparkle you get, I think, you know, the advice that I would give you that I'm going to take is, is this the person that you want, you know, um, doing procedures over you? Is this the person that you want and that you trust to have your best interest, uh, especially if things don't go your way or their way? And my answer is no. So when I am able to continue this journey, I don't think that this is the doctor's office that I want anywhere near my lady parts. Um, just the energy was not was not good. You know, I want somebody rooting for me. I want somebody happy for me. I want somebody that's not drama. I don't want someone who, you know, is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, I don't want someone who only shows their good side when everything is going their way. Uh, that's not, that's not okay with me. So yeah, that is all I have today, guys. That's it. Hopefully there'll be some better news soon, <laughs> but I will keep you updated on the next step in the journey. I am currently trying to see what my options are for insurance carriers because this stuff is expensive no matter where you go. So trying to see what my options are for some sort of fertility coverage is the next step. So send some good juju my way, guys. All right. Well, I am Celeste and this is I Support That. Take care. Bye.